Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Gluttony Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hope you're having a great Saturday. I'll tell you what, the show has come full circle. One of my first childhood crushes here on the show today. Uh, you may know her from The Last Starfighter, Night of the Comet, uh, Nighthawks, Days of Our Lives. Welcome to the show, Catherine Mary Stewart. How are you, Miss Stewart? I'm doing great. That's so sweet that you had a crush on me. Oh, my gosh. Well, (laughs) I got to admit, Catherine Brock was on the show about a year ago, and then we had Rebecca Holden, who was on Knight Rider with you, and now we get you on the show. So it's just (gasps) come full circle. Wow, that's so cool. Yes, Knight Rider was one of the very first shows I did in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, you know, my friends would be so jealous. You rode in Kit. You wrote in Knight Rider. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. I, I was a big fan of that show. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, it was so thrilling to just be a part of the whole thing and get in there and, and get to see how the whole car worked and everything. Pretty fun. Were there more than one car? Or do you remember? Um, I just remember one car, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had more than just one car. Probably yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Hasselhoff, pretty nice guy. <gasps> uh, if I hadn't had a boyfriend at the time, <laughs> <laughs> because I actually think he even asked me out. Don't tell anybody. I but won't. I was like, Oh, I've got a, I've got a boyfriend. Oh, wow. Oh, he was so cute. And he was so nice. Just one of the nicest people you ever want to meet. He was Michael Knight. So this time of year, I want to ask you, what's some of your favorite Christmas memories? (laughs) Christmas. Well, you know, I grew up um, in Canada. Right. um, Pretty far north in Edmonton, Alberta. So Christmas, you know, winter in general basically lasts like nine months. (laughs) You lived in the North Pole. (laughs) Oh, Lordy, I did. Yeah. You know, Santa and I are tight. Obviously. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, well, when I was little, one of the most fun things for us as kids was mom and dad would sleep in a little bit, and but they let us get up and open one gift ah. first thing in the morning. And that was just so exciting. Plus Santa, you know, my good friend, Santa, oh, of course. <laughs> he left, a, we didn't have our stockings hung over the fireplace. We had them, or maybe Santa moved them from the fireplace to the end of our bed so that when we woke up in the morning, we had our Christmas stockings full of things at the end of our bed. We didn't even have to get out of bed. Isn't so that, that was, it was great. It was so super cool. Um, you know, the, the torturous part, which I am ashamed to say, I carry on this tradition with my kids. <laughs> it makes me laugh in a way because it's just sort of what I do with sort of the routine is that you got to open one gift, but then we'd all sit down for a big breakfast and everything. And the music would be playing and then we'd have to clean up before we got to open the rest of our gifts. This is torture. <laughs> torture. And I did the same with my kids. And I, I think I sort of did it subconsciously. I'm like, oh, I'm starving. We've got to eat before we, you know. And they're like, you know that that's torture, oh, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that would be tough. 
That would be tough. I know. And but you know what? A little patience is okay every once in a while. That's true. <laughs> What's the best thing you ever torture. got for Christmas? Oh, gosh. What's the best thing I ever got? Oh, my gosh. That's a really hard question. Uh, I think one year I got a bike, like a two-wheeler which ah. was huge with like the tassels coming off of the oh, handlebars. You got to have those. You got to have those. I think that was like a big grown up thing for to happen to me. I mean, I don't know. How can you pick one Christmas present that's <laughs> the best? There you know, it's such a special exciting time of year that it just it, for me just Again, this is kind of torture, staring at all those boxes for such a long time, those wrapped gifts under the tree, and then just finally being able to open it all. That's, to me, the most special part. And then, of course, you know, um, being with family and, yeah. and oh, definitely. all that stuff. Watching Christmas yeah. movies and all that kind of oh, good thing. Oh, yes, for sure. So you grew up, your, your parents were teachers, and mm-hmm. you initially were a dancer, right? Did you keep up with dancing once your movie stuff started taking off? Um, well, it's funny because the very first movie I did called The Apple, I was training as a dancer in London, and I happened to go to this audition to dance as a dancer. I was, it was sort of like a cattle call dance audition. And that's where they sort of plucked me from the, the huge group of dancers. And they said, you know, do you act? And I'm like, sure. Of course you do. <laughs> of course I do. I'm not going to say it now. Anyway, I ended up auditioning for the lead role and getting it. Um, but yes, I was a very serious dancer. I started when I was about seven in ballet, which didn't last. It lasted a couple of years. I just, I, the discipline of ballet at seven. I can't was, imagine. Um, it was tough for me. But um, my mother, who had great foresight, put me back in dance when I was about 14. But this time it was jazz dance. And I kind of um, hesitated. I thought, oh, this is going to be like ballet all over again. No. I got into my first class and it was like this awakening. You know, all of a sudden I had sort of discovered what it is I really wanted to do. So, and then I joined a company and we performed all over Canada and in fact traveled for the, for the Canadian UN peacekeeping forces at Christmas time one year. And I just, it was kind of a sign that I, this performing thing was what it, what I needed to do because just being on stage Ah, uh, it was it was the greatest thing. I I I really it, it was overwhelming almost. So you didn't really like felt. have a problem with like stage fright or anything like that. You know, not not really. No, I loved it. And you know, in high school, why not? I was in theater and performed in lots of plays. And and when I got the, my very first movie. I was sort of young and naive, but I just thought, well, this is fun. And I just tried to be a sponge and just pick up whatever it is I could as I went along. And I loved every second of it. I am. I'm a huge fan of action films and stuff from the 80s. And you appear in Nighthawks with Rudger Hauer. How did that come about? And what was he like? We've lost him not very long ago. No, I know, which was so sad. Um, So... 
this was like the next, well, I did a, movie, a little movie in Canada and then I came back to London because I wanted, I didn't think I was going to be an actress. I thought I'll go back to London and, and dance some more. Uh, but I did have an agent. So she was sending me out on things and I auditioned for night, uh, night, um, not night flyers, night, um, Nighthawks. Oh, Nighthawks. I've had yeah. So, Stallone. I've had so many night movies. I know. I've sure. had the movie Night Flyers. Yeah. So Night Rider, Nighthawks. That's right. Um, and I auditioned for Stallone actually, which was also thrilling because this was after um, um, Rocky, uh, and he was just oh, oh, you're oh yeah. all the girls that were auditioning for him were like oh. Yeah, he's the real deal. Yeah, real deal. Um, Yeah, so it was just a a regular audition, and I ended up with the role, uh, this little role opposite um, Rutger Hauer. He scared the crap out of me. (laughs) Really, he was an intense (laughs) guy. Well, also he stays in character. He's not one of these people that you know jumps into character, and then as soon as they say cut, he's some you know guy. He stayed in character and, and it was perfect because that's exactly what he was supposed to do for me. You know, it's just like, who is this person? (laughs) And yeah, he, I just was like scared to death of him. I couldn't even talk to him because he scared me. He was so intimidating in that character. That was a pretty evil character he was playing. And I guess that part was shot in England. It was. So, yeah, it was when I went back to London after my first uh, movie um, to actually, honestly, to pursue dance. And uh, um, I got that role. So incredible. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back here with Catherine Mary Stewart. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine, brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. We are talking with Catherine Mary Stewart. She's in so many cool movies. Uh, I got to ask you about, of course, of course, I love The Last Starfighter. Um, that's where I really came to know you. I saw that in the theaters. And it was kind mm-hmm. of a Star Wars kind of, I mean, it, it like the first use of CGI. I mean, did you have yes. any idea you were making something so innovative? I had zero idea. In fact, I sort of realized how innovative it was when they screened like the 25th anniversary screening in Santa Monica and California. What they did was they had a whole uh, a group of us up on stage after the screening for a Q&A. And most of the people or a lot of them were um, the technical people. And I heard these incredible stories for the first time ah. 25 years after the fact. I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. CGI was so brand new. This was the last, they often compare uh, The Last Starfighter with Tron. Yes, Because true. there was some, some, you know, CGI kind of stuff in that. But this was way more complex. They were creating programs that are the foundation of what CGI is today. It was, I think it can really be considered the first movie to use CGI to the extent that it, Oh, no question. No question. There's a little bit in wath of Khan when they show the Genesis device, the planet, there's a little bit, but Mm -hmm. this was the first movie where a lot of it was a lot of it. 
And they weren't sure if they were just going to use the classical sort of special effects or small models or, 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 you know, what had been used before, or if they were going to try out the CGI thing, they weren't sure which way they were going to go for until like the last moment. They, the, the people who created these effects were on a really super tight schedule, um, but they managed to pull it out. I know it doesn't, it's not, you know, it looks, it looks, um, it looks like it was the very first kind of CGI ever done, but, yeah, but it's cool, um, you know, but it's so cool. And it really, truly set the foundation for what you see. I mean, today it's just crazy. What oh, they I, do. Yeah. Kids are playing Minecraft. That looks like it's 1982 and that, you know, it doesn't affect yeah. them. You know. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. No, I was, I was, I had no idea, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I was sort of in shock that I had been involved with uh, that kind of innovation. I always wondered, was the game on the set an actual working video game? Oh, <laughs> uh, we have to give away these industry secrets. Because it didn't come out. I mean, you know, it wasn't a game. I actually have an arcade in my house that has mm -hmm. a version of that game on it. But I always mm. wondered, did it exist when you made this movie? Mm. No, it didn't. It didn't. They sort of created it in, uh, you know, after the fact, I think. You know, the director sort of gave Lance Guest directions of how to work it. But all that stuff was put in after the fact. They did create a game, but I'm not sure that it was actually released. I don't think it was ever released. Yeah, yeah did, which is did, too bad. Did you know, we're in Arkansas, so I got to ask you, did you know that Last Starfighter has an Arkansas connection? I did not know that. Yep. Uh, Explain. The actor, <laughs> Norman Snow, who played the bad guy, Zur, the guy with yes. the scepter, is from Little Rock, and he is currently fighting stage four pancreatic cancer. And oh he's back here gosh. in Little Rock. But oh yeah, my gosh. I, I didn't know that until recently. We have an arcade, a vintage arcade in Little Rock that is incredible. And everyone there mm -hmm. are huge Last Starfighter fans. They have Aww. a display with Last Starfighter stuff. And I mean, it would if you ever make it to Arkansas, you got to go in this arcade because some of your biggest fans, I promise you, are hanging out there. Oh, that is so cool. I've I've never been to Arkansas. Well, you'll have to make it I down would, this way at some point. I would love to. Oh, my gosh. That's but it's so sad to hear about yeah. Mr. Snow. Yeah, I mean, that, that he was he was Norman. So he was so um he was wonderful in, in the movie, I think. I, I Oh, he, he just, was great. He was, he was great. He was so creepy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He played it big time. And his oh, sister, his it, sister man. here in town goes to this arcade. And, uh, oh, she does. Yeah, so it's kind of a neat connection to the film. What's, what's yeah. your memories of Robert, uh, uh, Robert Preston? <laughs> well, you know, we never actually had any scenes together. And in fact, we were never even on the set at the same time. I could see that. He, yeah. Yeah. I shot mostly at night and he shot mostly in the day and then on the set, you know, on the planet. So, um, but which was a total drag for me because I'm a huge fan. Um, sure. And, uh, but we were doing some resh reshoots after the fact at, at the studio. And um, he had just wrapped up some reshoots 
uh, that he was doing or, you know, they also probably, yeah, I think they also added some stuff just, sure. just to fill it out. And as he was leaving, I was arriving and I think it was Nick Castle, the director who introduced us. And I was just like starstruck and he took my hand and he kissed it and oh, he wow. said, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I was like, oh. uh, I think that was like the last movie he made. It was the last movie he made, but you know, that role was written for him. I mean, based on it's kind of the music man character. Sure. It was, uh, yeah. Written for him. So, uh, Yeah. I, it was just such an honor to meet him. It was the last movie he did, which is another honor on its own. Um, we had an incredible cast, I feel like. Dan O'Hurley, he, who I had no idea who he was or what he looked like when we were shooting because I never saw him out of the Grig makeup. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I so I had to do a little research, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's it's – it's Dan, the Dan O'Hurley. And this is, and he's a very handsome man. Or he was, I think he's passed away too now. Um, but incredible cast and just oh. all the, all the people in the um, trailer park, wonderful character actors. Um, ugh, I, I, I'm so grateful for being a part of that show. That was the first movie I did in Los Angeles and it was truly a magical experience. Do you, and I'm still very good friends with Alex, uh, Alex, Alex Rogan yeah, <laughs> or otherwise Lance. in real life known as Lance Kiss. Oh, and you guys had um, the best chemistry. Oh, thank you. And Nick Castle. Uh, yeah. And, and Craig Safan, who wrote the, the uh, music for it. We are, we're all, in fact, I was just talking to him. I think it's his birthday today. Um, so, you know, I think we all had just a great, you know, kismet or whatever you want to call it. And I think it shows on film and we've stayed in touch all these years, which I think is a statement in and of itself. Well, I know it just come out on Blu-ray. I bought this latest mm. version of it and it's really done very well. Um, oh, good. I hear rumors of a sequel to this film. Yes. What do you think? There, well, um, so far, uh, Jonathan Batchel, who is the original writer, and and Nick uh, have both spoken about it publicly, that mm. that's what's going to happen. Um, and it's also a public domain that um, the characters of Alex and Maggie will be in it, and played by us i guess oh yeah of course uh, lance it better be oh yeah um, you have to be in it oh i know i know if you're not in it we, i'm out you know <laughs> they gotta hurry up though because we're gonna have to be the grandmothers and grandfathers of the last oh, that's okay. last starfighter um yeah so that has been in um yeah going on for a while i guess there's this uh this rule with the writer's guild that after 30 years, whoever owns the property has to return it to the writer. So Jonathan finally has it is in possession of it again. And I mean, 12 years ago, uh, Nick Castle was talking to Lance and I about um, the sequel and what the idea of what the sequel was going to be, but they just couldn't get the rights to the property. So finally they do. So we'll see what happens. Maybe 2021 is the magic year. It, 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 because you see these remakes, they're just, they just don't work. They don't have no. the, what the original movie no. had. 
Nope. So hopefully that's what they'll do. Can you hang around for one more second? Sure. Okay, hang on one second. We'll be right back here on Guatney Unplugged with Catherine Mary Stewart. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine. Brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. Hope you're having a great Saturday. We're talking with Catherine Mary Stewart. She's an actress from all kinds of movies. Last Starfighter and Days of Our Lives, Nighthawks, all kinds of fun stuff you've done. You know, I think it's funny that in 84, that was such a big year for you. You've got The Last Starfighter, which starts with playing an arcade game. And then you've got Night of the Comet, which starts with (laughs) you playing an arcade game. I know it, right? It was kind of a big thing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, You know, I caught that right off the bat. It's like, huh, something very similar here. Um, Yes. (laughs) Basically, you were making The Walking Dead before The Walking Dead was a thing. Hello. You know that character, the zombie that I fight in the alleyway? Right, Um, yeah. That, they had on The Walking Dead, they had that character, same wardrobe and everything in it appear apparently i didn't so, know that oh i thought that was really funny and i thought wouldn't that be great if i could be on the walking dead <laughs> oh and there's a maggie character is there really yeah, oh yeah one of the main characters is maggie and i've always thought that is based off last starfighter <gasps> there I've, you go. I've always thought that oh so well, ma- I don't know. You know, I, I actually didn't follow it uh, very closely, but um, uh, the the series, but uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I, you know, did you learn to ride a motorcycle? <laughs> we we see you uh, on a motorcycle. I know. Well, I I didn't actually. Do you know how heavy motorcycles are? Oh, I've Ooh, got four smokes. of them. Believe me, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm into uh, it. Boy- you are oh, I had a yeah. boyfriend a long time ago who had this motorcycle and I tried to get on it by myself and the whole thing just fell over and I couldn't stop it because it weighed so much. Right. He was like, no. <laughs> um, no, you know, they had a stunt girl for that. Um, and the, the shot where they have me on the, the motorcycle driving through town, right. through downtown Los Angeles. Um, uh, it was actually attached to a um, kind of a trailer, you know, sure. like the flatbed uh, behind a car. That's how they did behind chips. the camera car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know. it, well, there you go. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was the one stunt that I didn't do. I did do actually fight. I did fight the uh, zombie, which was really super fun for me. Yeah, I wondered about that because you kind of get thrown around. I know. They're pretty rough on you. I know. <laughs> but, you know, he was a professional stunt guy, and, and he knew what he was doing. So I trusted him completely. And and I was also, I was just kind of into it anyway. Having that sort of dance background, I was pretty flexible and pretty strong. So I could look after myself. <laughs> what about, tell me, what about shooting the MAC-10s and stuff? Had you had any experience mm-hmm. shooting when this comes about? I hadn't had any experience shooting a Mac 10. That's for sure. I understand. So we had to train, you know, they take it very, very seriously because these are, they're guns they're oh, yeah. you know, and, um, we, uh, had to, uh, uh, 
we had to go and actually go to a shooting range and practice. Um, of course, it was filled with blanks, but even sure. that can be that can be dangerous as well. You sure. have to know what you're doing. You have to know how to handle a gun. And so, yes, we were absolutely trained. I love when your your sister in the movie says, "Dad would have got us Uzis." <laughs> I, know. I love that. That was a classic, right? Oh, classic. I've got an Uzi because of those <laughs> movies. I love all that stuff. Oh, but that's so great! Yeah, I always. Yeah. I want to admit something to you. I always thought that if it had not been Linda Hamilton, you would have been an awesome Sarah Connor. I just always you, thought she could play that part. You know, I heard at one point that Linda Hamilton copied my hair for that. I believe I that. It, I, we have exactly the same hair. And yep. I, mean, I think it came out just after Night of the Comet, I believe. It came out in 84, I believe October of 84. There you go. So, yeah, hey. She was copying me. <laughs> was it hard to film Night of the Comet? I mean, there's no one around. You've got to shoot all this Los Angeles with no one yeah. there. How do you do that? Well, yeah, it, it had to be that way, didn't it? I mean, everybody was everybody's dead, but you guys, dust. yeah, exactly. Well, the, the the incredible part about that is you could never shoot that nowadays. Because downtown Los Angeles is so populated with residents now. Yeah, right. In those days, it was just banks and, you know, ho there's a couple of hotels around. But it was not a place where there were lots and lots of people. So when we shot that, we had to make sure we shot it when nobody was around. And that was, I believe it was like first thing Christmas morning or something like that. They got you working on Christmas. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like it was guerrilla filmmaking, you know, yeah. just get in there and just do what you have to do. Otherwise it, it wouldn't have worked. And I think we all knew that and we were all in it together. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, quite an experience and, and, but truly the most amazing thing is the fact that, nobody could ever accomplish that again because oh, LA no. is so packed. Well, they'd it, CGI it, out people. I mean, you know, uh, I guess, be fake. I guess. Yeah, this was not fake. This was not fake. In fact, there's a scene apparently, I, I think when I ride my motorcycle up to the empty uh, Mercedes mm -hmm. and look in and wonder what the heck's going on. That's apparently right. we didn't have that big. It was a, it was a small movie. It was made for like, less than a million dollars 700,000 I think yeah and so we didn't have people stopping traffic that's what you used to have to do right just sure. stop traffic everywhere um and apparently if you look really closely uh, in the background you see a car kind of pull out into an intersection <laughs> <laughs> just barely just pull out a little bit I don't I, I'm gonna look I, for I that actually, now yeah, I tried to find it myself, and I'm not about that's that's what I hear. Are there any big roles that you tried out for that you didn't get that you think, oh, I wish I'd have got that, or things that we would know? Uh, well, the biggest one that stands out to me is Friends. 
Oh my gosh. Huge that show. would have been good. That yeah. would have been a good one. Um, would you have been like uh, the Courtney Cox character? It was actually the Jennifer Aniston character. Really? Um, and uh, she is, of course, I, I think their comment was, I wasn't funny enough or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit of a drag, but um, yeah. I, I, the thing also about that was when I read the script, I thought it was perhaps the best um, series script I'd ever read. I thought the writing was so good. So that just kind of added to the disappointment, but sure. you know, everyone in LA in that age group were auditioning for that. Um, so I, you know, I always think, oh, just think if I'd, if I'd landed that role, how my life would have changed. Yeah, that would have, that was like a nine year run or something. I mean, oh, it went a boy. long time. A long time. But, you know, it was, they ended up with the perfect cast. I mean, I, I don't, I don't sit there and go, I could have done it better than sure, Jennifer sure. Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you say to somebody that, that wants to be an actress? Oh, gosh. Good luck. Um, I say just be involved with acting on any level that you possibly can. Uh, If you're young and you're thinking that this is what you want to be a part of, absolutely join the theater club in your school. I would say join local theater, community theater, just get involved. And the thing about getting involved on this level is you just, you, you end up networking and mm-hmm. no matter how small the theater is, if it's a community theater or whatever, there's usually somebody who has a connection outside of that theater. And it's like building, you know, or putting together a puzzle, just putting the pieces together one by one and allowing um, this networking to guide you scott romine for Gwatney unplugged we'll be right back we're talking with katherine mary stewart star of all kind of shows especially a lot of 80s stuff you'd know last starfighter of course night of the comet nighthawks with sylvester salone la is still a center for the industry but a lot of actors are moving out of la and there's so much um audition that is done a self-tape audition, it's called, where you don't even have to go to a casting director's office anymore. You can be remote. You can do stuff remotely. I think at some, at some point it's, you know, theater. I mean, certainly New York, there's no place better than to uh, try to get into some of the big, huge theater Broadway. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I used to say, Absolutely. If you want to be in film or television, you need to move to Los Angeles. Um, And then you need to give it at least two years. I mean, some people will go for like a month or two and go, I couldn't get an agent or whatever. Yeah, it's not going to work. You really again, you just have to stick with it. Be steadfast. And and um, yeah, I think eventually it's probably a good idea. I think it's still the center for television and film in Los Angeles. And there's some good theater there as well, by the way. And the sure. weather is great. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's very nice. I Yeah, I loved L.A. I loved living in L.A., especially being from Canada. Um, 
So tell us how um, people can keep up with you online. Are there websites and Facebooks and things like that? Oh, there absolutely are. Everything is Catherine Mary Stewart. Um, I have a website. I'm actually rebuilding it right now. It's CatherineMaryStewart.com. I'm on Facebook. You know, I've got a public page that you can just like, and, and I keep everybody up to date on everything that I'm doing. It's Catherine Mary Stewart on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter, which uh, my whatever you call it, hook or whatever is actually <laughs> Catherine Mary Stewart. When I tried to get that, it, it was too long for Twitter. Ah. So I had to put CMS and then ALL. Um, or just, you know, if you're on, on Twitter, you can put Catherine Mary Stewart and it'll hook you up. We'll find you. But that's my at or my handle or whatever you call it. And I'm on Instagram, Catherine Mary Stewart. Um, yeah. So that's, I, I would love to uh, hear from you guys. I do uh, live chats on Facebook. I'm thinking about maybe doing one, trying to get one in before Christmas. Oh yeah. I'm always, yeah. That, those are really super fun. I do a thing called Cameo. It's on Cameo.com, C-A-M-E-O, where you can uh, order a video of me. You, you, you sort of go into it and you say, I really want a video from Kathy talking about, in fact, I just did one before I talked to you, about The Last Starfighter, this um, uh gentleman was a big fan and has been for a long time and and um his daughter was asking me to apparently he shared it with his daughter they watched the last starfighter together and they're really big fans um she wanted me to talk about the last starfighter and wish him a merry christmas and so that's something that i do as well it's really fun and it's a great gift by the way for people i think what a you way know, to you, connect with your fans i mean it's kind of yeah. a genius it's great. Do it's you, really fun. Do you do a lot of the convention things and the, those sort of appearances when, when they're having them, obviously? Yeah, right. They're, they're, they've been kind of closed out for the last year or so. It feels like forever. I know. It feels like uh, five years. Oh, boy. We'll get through this. Um, yes, I do. I do. I do probably... I don't know, two or th I don't do them all the time. There are some people that just do them every week. I do probably probably two or three a year, um, which is fun, really super fun. I, I love meeting the fans and, and, you know, a lot of them know more about me than I know about myself. Certainly they know more <laughs> about the movies. <laughs> so that's really gratifying. You probably get a lot of 45 year old guys like me, like, uh, you know, you're the first, <laughs> you know, crush I, I ever that. had. I, it's so true. I mean, my Aww, gosh, I watched so your, uh, Knight Rider episode uh, last night and oh you did yeah oh yeah and, you know and i loved that show as a kid and yeah, there's too. you and rebecca holden and yes. it's like this is just great you know and rebecca has been on the show here before and sometimes mm -hmm. i will just get a text from her out of the blue ever since then just Aww. she'll send me a video she's done or something and i was like this is great you know you grow yeah. up with these people you look up to them and you know, to communicate with them, it just means a ton, you know? Oh, that's so neat. Yeah, she, she was awesome. I remember her being not only beautiful, but super sweet. Just super duper sweet. She's a Texan. Yeah, I think I knew that yep, at the she's time. A Texan. You said, yeah, lovely, lovely woman. You know, this may sound crazy, but this is kind of how I kind of see a lot of the fandom thing that but maybe the cast member doesn't ever grasp, but... 
it's not always as much about, I mean, you are the character in that film, mm-hmm. but it's also like for me, you know, my grandparents or, you know, my great aunt or somebody that's, I watched that with them and they've mm-hmm. passed away and you're the last mm-hmm. person still, you were there. You don't know you were there, but mm-hmm. you know, the person on the screen was in the room. You know, you, you were a part of those special memories and, uh, that to me is, is, is kind of the neat part. Uh, you know, it's, it really, and as an actor, when, um, sort of you're acknowledged in that way, just, I'm just, I, I feel so grateful to have been a part of creating memories for people or influencing people in certain ways. I mean, the movies that I've done have in general have a a pretty positive impact on the audience. You know, I mean, and that is the most important thing to me. I'm not interested in um, having a negative impact, you know, I mean, it's kind of fun playing sort of, not necessarily the greatest characters. It's fun to play mean people or whatever, but it's so gratifying to have a positive impact on people that, and, and and then also like in conventions, you'll see, you know, the 45 year old men and women that (laughs) are so excited to, to meet you or whatever, which is so neat. And then they are introducing their children to the show as well. Um, it, it's, it just keeps, you know, keeps going, moving forward. And, um, it's, it's very neat. It's, 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 I, I, I sort of hate this word humbling, but it is sort of humbling in a way in, in kind of the largesse of it all, you know, has anyone Um, showed up with their kids and maybe their little girls dressed as Maggie? (laughs) Um, no, I haven't had that. I have had, um, Night of the Comet, um, The Apple, the very first movie I did, which was a crazy movie, was this futuristic rock musical. And I had some pretty bizarre, and I was a rock and roller. I got to, you know, perform as a rock and roller on stage, theoretically in the future, which at that time was night. It was, <laughs> it was supposedly taking place way into the future, oh, sure. 1990. 1994. Ah, before Y2K. <laughs> exactly. um, and I, so I've had people come up to me in that costume, one of the costumes that I wore in that. Um, yeah, no, not yet. Well, I'll, I'll uh, keep my fingers crossed. In that you one. know, in the Knight Rider episode, there's the scene in the prison where the guy has your all your photos on his cell wall. And that probably has happened in real life. But uh, are those like your headshots from modeling or, or were those done just for the show or were they actually your pictures? Oh, I think they were done for the show. I, I could, because I never modeled. You didn't. So, so I would have no. thought you would have done a little bit of that here and there. Um, no, I really never got into the modeling thing. Huh. Yeah, you certainly- <laughs> so they, they, you certainly Must could have. have. So they had have just yeah. done it for the show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for talking with us and uh, best of luck with all of your new endeavors that you're, you know, you're going into. And 
We want everybody to follow your Facebook and your Instagram and your Twitter, and we will post that on the Facebook page. So absolutely, yeah. I've been um, I've been working on a script and um, possibly directing and all this other stuff, which has been perfect for this time, this downtime. I've just been sitting at home writing, and and uh, it's been really, really fun. As it turns out, I really enjoy writing. Oh, writing! Writing is a lot of fun. You know, the most valuable thing is a good idea. I love that. I'm going to write that down. I mean, if 30, (laughs) if 50 years ago, I'd said, Hey, let's make a thing where a robot turns into a car. Well, it would, (laughs) it would sound ridiculous, right? Until Michael (laughs) Bay makes this big movie of it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Great to talk to you. And hope you you have you back on in the future. Scott Romine for Guadney Unplugged. Go have a great Saturday. Some gifts don't come wrapped in packages. With bows and ribbons, they aren't hidden away, then torn into with reckless abandon. Some gifts are needs, like food or shelter, and those can be the most precious of all. In a year with fewer red kettles, help rescue Christmas for those facing poverty with a $25 monthly donation. Enlist in Love's Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org.